0: So with the this big episode, burrito. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode we're going to do something different. We're going to look towards the future.
1: Ooh. That's right.
0: We're going to a time and place when nuclear devastation has destroyed the environment. Very topical. Human beings are living in subhuman standards. The ones mm-hmm. that survived are slowly mutating into a sterile species of degenerates. Sounds about right. Sounds hopeless. That's correct. And this future can only be brought to us by an Italian. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. We're going all the way to the future of 2019, after the fall of New York. There's a movie that you never see. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles. There'll be tears. We'll watch a movie for about 8 billion years it's time for death by video time for death by video and now the show will begin I'm Phil I'm Kit and I'm Graham welcome back to Death by Video it is another fun filled episode here and we are digging into Sergio Martino's 2019 after the fall of New York. It's me, Sergio. Mm-hmm. Where do we know Sergio Martino from? He so he directed uh, some really well-known Giallo films. So he did okay. uh, Torso. Ah, oh, yeah. All the Colors of the Dark. Uh, the Scorpions, the Curse, the Case of the Scorpion's Tail. Okay. Uh, the Vice, Strange. No, what is it? Uh, is it your Vice is a locked? Yes, room your Vice is a locked room and only oh, I I've have the key. That. That's a good one. Yeah. So he.
1: He oh, I rented it on the title alone.
0: Ooh, yeah. I bonus, Edward Finch. Nice, yeah. who actually, it turns out, is actually his sister-in-law, which is why what? they work together so much. So, digging a little bit to Sergio Martino before we get into this, since we're already talking about him. Um, he is the brother of writer and producer Lute, uh, Luciano Martino, and he began his career as Luciano's assistant in his early 20s. He ended up directing second unit for Mario Bava on The Whip and The Flesh. Um <laughs> His uh, brother, uh, Luciano, would end up being a producer on many of Sergio's films, including the one we're watching tonight, 2019, after the fall of New York. Um, and Lucio, uh, Luciano's wife, famed Italian actress, Edwidge—is it Edwidge or Edwy? I don't know. Edwidge French, um uh, uh, was frequently a lead in Sergio's films. Uh, he began his directing career in 1969 with the documentary, Mille Pecate Nusonna no Virtu, which in English translates into, The Wages of Sin. Um, and it rode the heels of the Mondo documentary series in the 1960s that we discussed briefly in our episodes on Cannibal Ferox and the Killing of America. So he went on to make the 1970 spaghetti western Arizona, Arizona Colt Hired Gun. This was his first time working with prolific Italian screenwriter Ernesto Gastaldi, um, who would... Yeah, go ahead, Kit. You wanted to try right. pronouncing it better? I, I was gonna try to really roll the R, but Gastaldi. I actually, I actually uh, threw something. I, ca- out. I, I can't. I can't roll my Rs at all. Uh, oh. <coughs> I really no, that. Uh,
2: Ernesto.
0: Yes. that was a good uh, Cardi B uh, R mm-hmm. roll there.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you gotta, you nice. gotta
0: really roll it. So, um, Gastaldi is probably best known for his uncredited re-rates on Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America and the Terrence Hill and Henry Fonda starring My Name Is Nobody. Um, Gastaldi and Martino would collaborate on the films All the Colors of the Dark Torso. The Violent Professionals, Legitta, Gioca, Dazzro, I don't know <laughs> what that means. Very good pronunciation yeah. there. I screwed up all of that. Too Young to Die and The Scorpion with Two Tails. Um, this yellow torso is probably uh, the best known of Sergio Martino's work, like we were saying. Uh, some of his other notable yellows, as I was saying earlier, are The Case of the Scorpion's Tail, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Ward. That's the only film I was thinking of. Uh, which was a huge influence on the Canadian film The Editor, which came out uh, last decade. Oh. Um, and Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. I've still not seen that film. I really, really want to see it, though. Um, he also went on to cast an unknown Nicole Kidman in his television film An Australian in Italy, or An Australian's Voyage to Italy. It was it was like a family film. that He, okay. he, did, he did all kinds of TV this is stuff. like
1: BMX Bandits era Nicole Kidman? I think
0: it was right after. It was like 1987 when he okay. said... He's like, she was like 18 or 19. Hmm. It was before... Um, uh, Days of Thunder or yeah. Far and Away, whatever or it was called. Or Dead Calm. Or Dead Calm, exactly. Oh, Dead Calm. Um, his last listed directed credit is in 2012 for the Italian TV movie Il Passe del Piccoli Pioggia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making all this up. I'm not. Um, which translated in English means uh, The Country of Small rains. So that is the career of Sergio Martino, the director for this film. Um, I've seen Torso. Torso is an awesome balls-to-the-wall giallo. Have you seen it, Phil? No, I haven't. And am I'm assuming know you have not. It's... I have not. We should do, we should do a giallo month. Um, we've never really dipped into proper giallos on this film.
1: On we've this done film. a few. Have like we not? what?
0: We've watched stuff. <laughs> <I don't laughs> on the podcast? Them. No. I've got a whole host, two of them. We,
2: we've seen so many Italian things. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. seems, it seems far fetched that we haven't touched Yellow, but. Right, we,
0: we've seen, like, Italian, like, uh, uh, Gore films. We've oh, seen Oh, yeah, we show. haven't done what Argento either, I no, guess. No, we not Argento. Or Leone. Mm-hmm. Or Leone. Yeah, we could watch, uh, uh, Duck You Sucker.
2: Duck hey. You Sucker. So, yeah, some of the lesser known. Uh, Duck You Sucker, uh, My my friend had. Mm hmm.
1: Like the two Sergio Leone movies that are less than three and a half hours long.
0: Yeah. Those would be the ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, before we get into this film tonight, guys, have we watched anything since we last recorded that we want to talk about? Phil. I haven't watched anything new of it's been a, It's been a hard week to watch. Hey, guys. Sorry. So, we had a technical I'm issue there. Sure. I'm not really sure what happened, but uh, we, we lost the feed for a moment. But Phil was just telling us that he hasn't watched anything since we last recorded.
1: No, I mean, I rewatched uh, Safe, the 1995 Todd Haynes classic with Julianne Moore. Which in Prep is still, for
0: Dark Waters or whatever it's called?
1: I guess so, yeah. Although it's sadly only playing at the Kingsway, so I guess I'm just going to have to wait till it's
0: streaming. <laughs> is Julianne Moore in that one?
1: Yep, yeah, it's, it's yeah. starring Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a woman who, housewife who, from the San Fernando Valley, set in the late 80s. The movie came out in 95 she develops a mysterious illness she essentially right. becomes allergic to an environment and uh ends up at a uh, new age culty uh surrounding and it it's partially an aids allegory but like it's also a uh, it's, it's also partially it, an environmental allegory. It's, it's a, a very it's a, malleable thing. It's a
0: Todd Haynes movie. Yeah, which I realize now. I've never finished a Todd Haynes movie. I've tried. Really? To, I've tried to watch. Yeah, I've never been able to.
1: Oh yeah, so many greats. That okay. uh, superstar of Karen Carpenter story. Which that I one have I haven't on seen.
0: YouTube. I haven't seen, but I'll check it out. I would think
1: it, that there's probably like a jist a mm-hmm. janky rip of it on. Well, YouTube. That, that was
0: always one that that like apparently will still never get released. Like no, it's for officially sure. yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like just doing that movie with Barbie dolls.
1: Yeah, uh, Poison's a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. Safe is good. Not safe. I've already mentioned Safe. You want to What's talk the about one enough? with the
0: three stories? Is poison. That poison. Yeah, that one I didn't finish. I tried. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Far
1: From Heaven is really good. Yeah, I, oh
0: yeah, I, I always forget that The Far From Heaven is a Todd Haines film. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I like Velvet Gold Mine. It, Velvet Gold Mine's kind of a mess. I haven't
0: but... haven't I actually ha- I don't think I've seen Velvet Gold Mine. I know that was on Showcase back in the day quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it's Citizen Kane but glam rock.
0: <laughs> See, that makes me want to watch it cuz like yeah. I tried to watch his um, Bob Dylan movie mm-hmm. and no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> I
2: mean, I understand as well. That's the uh I'm not there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you just kind of sit through that. You don't have to really care about it. You just you sit through it.
0: It's background yeah, wallpaper. It's,
2: it's,
1: really, <laughs> it's a really pretentious, already movie. Uh, like, but, you
0: know, sure, for like, sure. Like, like scroll through Facebook while it's on. Like, I mean, just, Kate Blanchett know. does
2: do an inspired turn, an inspired mm-hmm. impression, I should say. the uh, The Academy Award nomination didn't make much sense to me. It's an impression, yeah. um, but of uh, uh, Bob Dylan. It's 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 quite startling. Mm. But that's more like YouTube fodder. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, have. yeah. Um, but it was it's something I've seen once. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only Todd Haynes movie I've seen I've heard enough about Velvet Goldmine but um,
1: Carol's pretty good oh right Carol Um, I forgot he made that movie the Mildred Pierce miniseries was pretty good he directed an episode of Enlightened the uh, one of the best uh, HBO shows of the 2010s with Laura Dern with with Laura Mm
2: -hmm. Dern I never saw that it got cancelled prematurely right yes it did Yeah.
0: Two seasons two, I
1: mean. seasons, two short seasons.
0: Just probably all you need. You just gotta get more of those more episodes of I, Game I, of ideally, Thrones. Ideally, that's all we need is Game of Thrones. Cancel everything else. Deadwood, screw it. Enlightenment, <laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> <Is> it... The <laughs> Nick,
2: screw you, Nick. Well, I
0: mean, that was that was. Uh... But that was that was HBO's sister program. They were producing it though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was on HBO Canada. I know it was it was Cinemax in the states. Cinemax, that's right. You want more than three seasons of the deuce? Screw you. We need Game of Thrones spinoffs. Yeah, I think most of
2: those have gotten... Like, one, they actually filmed the pilot for, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? We're not doing this. Yeah, Which, <laughs> which I good love. Good because They even hired, like, Naomi Watts. They yeah. had big names. They filmed yeah, yeah. the pilot, and then they're, like, looking at their spreadsheets, and they're like... Uh, this is trending downwards. We're, we're jumping. That God ship.
0: damn, George! am Martin on the phone. I Write would, more
2: books. They should. They should toss the um. Since Naomi Watts is in it, they should toss that to David Lynch and just have him rework it and release yeah, it as a let weird. Him, let film. him shoot another half hour worth of footage <laughs> with Naomi arrow <laughs> and Laura Herring. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah,
1: get the bring back the rabbits.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I miss the talking rabbits. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kit, have you seen anything since we last recorded? Uh I I only watched 2 movies. I did a rewatch of No Country for Old Men. Nice. Man, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is.
1: Now I'm understanding our threads, the yes <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it seemed kind of random like why do you have no country for old men on your mind
2: mm. that just i don't know well there was a, a twitter poll or twitter question about uh mm. what is the last uh, masterpiece to win an oscar to actually win best picture oh yeah i yeah. saw one yeah. yeah i think it was jesse hawken or yeah. somebody um and uh he had uh you know i forget the choices he put crash down as a troll but um <laughs> <laughs> of course you would but he uh, he had uh, no country for old men I think is is what his assertion was in a lot of people although most yeah. people uh, most of the thread were people saying actually moonlight the the movie you didn't include should have been there and I,
0: I Maybe some people might say the Hurt Locker as well. That's true. Some yeah. people
2: might say the Hurt Locker. The Hurt Locker
0: was mm. good. I mean, it's a strange film. I haven't. We're also in returned a to it. We're also in a different headspace as a. a uh, I'm sorry. North America is in a different headspace. There was actually a really interesting discussion about this because when 1917 got a lot of nods at the Oscars, it's like the Oscars love war movies. But the thing is, and we, they love that long take gimmicky shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it was Roger Deakins who did it, so I'm kind of Roger like, Deakins. Yeah. Yeah. you, you got like, that. Yeah, because I mean, as soon as I was like, oh, that's a gim Oh wait, Deakins It's just CGI
2: trickery though i mean he's not really doing one no he covered it up with like yeah, a rock, like panning Bird by Man, a rock you know? yeah um, yeah mm-hmm. and then what's the point of a single take i mean it can have for a long take can have something mm-hmm. going for it but just a oh, we're going to do the whole film in a single take why
0: what why would you do that editing it's a challenge creates tension and character yeah i know it's it's whatever It'll, there's a reason why not every film is done in one take and i think i think this is just like let's just do something different i think that's part of it too is like you got to keep those chops up right. All right. Anyway, so anyways. just uh, yeah, no control. And then the I... film that you saw for the first time last night, which we were talking about before we started recording. Yes, yes, yes. Is of course the 2019 soon to be classic. We, you know, I watched it last yes. night. Uh, Joker. Joker. Yes. Oh, G- that's how it's pronounced.
2: It's actually Joker.
0: It's, oh, a, it's Joker. It with right. a, with it's, a silent yeah, J. Yeah. Right. Joker. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Joker. Joker. It's it's Starring me, the Joker. <laughs> yeah, the Joker. I've come to make you some curdled cheese. <laughs> i'm the Joker.
1: <laughs> i've heard some heard swedish meatball
0: <laughs> oh if only uh, the movie had been that way if only that would todd phillips had the balls <laughs> to go full swede with it oh but he didn't um so, like little dots over the o even so we were talking about so the film is shot really well jo- Joaquin walking forms performance is, is really B- Joker. good Joker. Walking Venus's performance is really good. And it's it's directed really well. Yeah, so those, uh, those are those are my thing
2: where it fails. The yeah, my takeaways are it looks great. Love the seventies grime and stuff, love the
0: like locations and stuff, and just like it looks grimy. Apparently the films of the the urban films of Chantel Ackerman were a big influence on the shooting style of Joker. Mm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think some of it was shot in Montreal or something, though, too. I, I don't know. It
2: had uh, it had the Quebec film uh, thing at the end. I was uh, just letting the credits they play.
0: They probably did something. Some, I mean, some location shooting in, like,
2: old it, old que- Montreal old Quebec, or something. Old or Montreal, old Quebec, old Quebec
0: yeah. cities. Uh, something to, for that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. They haven't cleaned up Quebec since the 70s. <laughs> they, they really haven't. They're just, like, tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> it's always hilarious when you... And I, I don't want to put down... I'm not putting down Quebec. It's just, like... Like, the Montreal infrastructure is crumbling. Like the infrastructure in Quebec is crumbling. Yeah, I mean, sucks. the infrastructure in Toronto is yeah. literally crumbling at times. So. Yeah, but the Quebec one is, like, going... Like, it's... When you drive across the Quebec-Ontario border, all of a sudden the roads get bad. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? Why, does, why, why is it all of a sudden bumpy? It happens in the states all the time. Yeah, it's true. hilarious. Oh, the state does not like
2: to pay taxes. <laughs> no. Um, um, anyway, getting back to mm, Yorker. Yorker. Uh, Yorker. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's uh it looks great. And Joaquin Phoenix's, I'll give his committed performance a thumbs up. I don't think it's award worthy. I don't think you should just hand statues to everybody who plays the Joker. He's just doing shtick, yeah. It's just yeah, he's doing his thing though. He's doing the whole like he lost he lost too much weight for this film. Well he did that for like the master as well. He does that for pretty much every other film that he's in. I think yeah. he just
0: likes to lose weight. <laughs> it's a good way to stay to, to keep the body mass index I think down. he Just likes to do heroin. It, I think it's just an excuse. Like he's like, oh crap, I'm eating too many McDonald's cheeseburgers. <laughs> he's a he's lifelong vegan. So. Uh, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's just at home, cute. like bring on the beef.
2: Uh, but the writing is just not great. No, it's just, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. Ri- it's, it's dumb writing. A it, lot of the plot doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And granted, there is they do the obvious thing where it's uh I forget the actress that plays the uh, the girl next door Zazzy beats Zazie beats uh, sure mm-hmm. um and it it never makes sense uh from mm-hmm. the plot how he is able to woo her because he's like this man is repulsive and scary. Mm-hmm. There's no way she would be dating him. She goes to see his act, where he acts like a weirdo.
0: Well, the fact that she... Like, Plot twist. I think everybody... twist, she... She's, it's a figment of his imagination. It's a figment of his, of his imagination. Well, of course it was. Yes. And like the thing is, like I think everybody saw that coming a mile away when she didn't say a word during... Um, or no, she did say some words while she was in his head. But it was just way too easy of like, oh, she thinks he's funny. She's going to... You know, dinner with him out of nowhere. She's with him at his at in the hospital with his mother, like, where's her kid? She, isn't she a single mom?
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess I should have
1: been uh, asking the M. night Shyamalan twist. Yeah.
0: I guess I should have been asking those
2: questions, but I actually didn't trust the story enough to mm-hmm. even address them anyway. No. Like the big climax sorry, spoiler alert, yeah. uh, fans who haven't seen Joker and you wish to I
0: before you get into that, I have to ask you. When he goes to Zazzy Beats' apartment and like when reality cracks through and he realizes that uh, he has. They actually. So in the original script, they had him calling her a whore for because she says like, "Oh, my husband will be back soon," and he like freaks out on her, and then it cuts to black, and 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 he's walking down the hallway. And in this movie, he just cuts him walking down the hallway. I interpreted that that he killed her. It's um, very possible he kills the psychiatrist at the end of the movie. However, Todd Phillips came out and said, "Oh no, he doesn't." Well, and I hate that because I'm like. You want this character to be a bad guy. You want the audience to turn on him. You are with him. You are with him. You are with him. You turn on him. Do not let him off the hook for being like, "Oh, he wouldn't kill a woman." I hate that whole like, "Oh, I am a bad guy, but I've got rules." It's like, no, you are the Joker. Is supposed to be a complete socio- sociopathic, hates humanity, sees himself above it, isn't funny, but thinks crime, thinks torturing people is funny. Like he's the guy. Who, like he thinks shooting someone in the head is a hilarious joke. Right. Yes. I am mm-hmm. sorry. Back. Go ahead. Well, just... Uh, okay, spoiler so, alert. Yeah,
2: spoiler alert. So we're getting to the end, and he goes on um, the Robert De Niro's talk show, the mm-hmm. Murray Abraham show, or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Uh, and then he reveals himself to be the notorious killer that... Um, that killed
0: two Wall that, Street yuppies. That they
2: haven't able to find, even though everybody is wearing sympathetic, Joker ma- sympathetic mm-hmm. clown masks with his exact
0: clown makeup yeah. on there
2: i know it's all symbolism you're not mm-hmm. supposed to read too deeply into that but how does that work there's a lot of different yeah. clown makeup styles also, like
0: how did they all how do those masks get produced Wait, quickly? Quickly.
2: very quickly they're all just mm-hmm. around but again it could be in his head uh, i guess they, kind the of filmmakers a, could always go back to that trope oh yeah. uh, a lot of that was in his head mm-hmm. uh, they were actually wearing different masks yeah and they weren't wearing joker masks at all sure mm-hmm. um it's like uh it's basically jk rowling's uh fix it all of its uh mm-hmm. wizard powers yeah um, mental illness in this case is the wizard powers. Yeah, um, that's how he's able to survive that car but crash. But when when he reveals himself to be the killer and is mm-hmm. very frightening, um, everybody on that Robert De Niro show is like, "Oh, let's just let let's this into, go.
0: This is let me, let's let's <laughs> lean in and, and look into the abyss,
2: shall we?" Let's uh, let's not immediately mm-hmm. phone police and and get uh, get security out here. We don't have security, mm-hmm. by the way, on this show for some reason.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, let's just let this go and and let him even even get to the point where he's screaming and calling uh, Robert De Niro a, a, a I don't know a class trader. I, I forget mm-hmm. what he calls him a weasel, a bad guy. He doesn't
0: use class trader because that's too woke.
2: Yeah, that um, is that is too, too modern. I it popped into my head.
0: Yeah. and then he uh, shoots him in the head. Yeah, and but here is the thing too. Here is what what me as well is that like. No late night talk show by the nineteen seventies was live on TV. It was always recorded in the afternoon around like six o'clock or something, and or like four p.m. for narrative purposes. Exactly, exactly. I know, I know, I know. Um, Here's the thing, though. I do want to direct the sequel. Like, I want to make the sequel where Batman. We see like it's now like early nineties Batman. Oh, and, and
2: god damn it, I have seen um Bruce Wayne's, Wayne's parents, parents, parents just killed so many times.
0: Stop showing it. <laughs> Stop showing it. I'm starting to cheer they it on. did it in Batman versus Superman. And I'm like, why? He's already Batman. We know what happens. You don't need to reshoot that scene again. And again. And again. Um I do although I do like the fact that they the the movie theater that Bruce Wayne's parents and Bruce Wayne were walking out of was showing a double bill of uh, blow blowout, blowout. and uh, and Zorro the Gay Blade, which is a Zorro film that Blade, came yeah. out in nineteen eighty one or eighty two, whenever blowout came out.
2: It, cool. It cool. was an actual
0: like double feature at the time.
2: But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, I just I think the films I think yeah. it wants to seem like it's saying a lot about uh, politics and capitalism oh, and mental illness much, and yeah. violence. Uh, I don't know what it's trying to say because I don't think the movie has any idea either. No. no. Um, yeah. Todd Phillips is just like Antifa.
0: Um, Look at this shit. Uh, mental illness. Uh, well, I find that I find that it's very class pop- struggle. I sure, find it, I find it's very popular with like people who are young, like teenagers, or like people who haven't really learned a lot about life, and people who are older, like baby boomers and up, because it's just very simplistic. So I think. It, it's like a, a poor mm-hmm. man's taxi driver I mean yeah. essentially I mean Robert mm-hmm. Niro's even in it It's so
2: yeah. obviously aping both uh, Taxi driver, king of comedy Yeah Like it's like uh, yeah. the the writer I forget who the writer is But it was just smoking some weed And was like uh, What if we did like Joker origin story Like king of mm-hmm. comedy And then we just made it darker Like he kills him instead of yeah. kidnaps him and somebody was like oh you could also throw some taxi driver in there man sweet (laughs) there's a movie oh I said it in the 70s just to Mm -hmm. make sure everybody knows
0: yeah so anyways that was Joker that Joker 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 um, so the one film I saw, it's been a slow movie watching. Man, that would have been too. a pleasant movie if everybody in, in, in Swedish? just spoke with the hardcore Swedish accent. I always thought my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's comedy. God, we're offending everybody. Um, so the only film I saw was a film I've been meaning to watch for a while, and I have it on Blu-ray. It is a uh, 1980 um, a notorious video store classic. Don't go in the woods alone. So it is... Have you seen it, Phil? No. Okay, have you seen it? You haven't seen it yet. I have not, no. Nope. So it was... It's made by James Bryan who also did The Executioner Part 2. Not The Exterminator Part 2. Oh my the God. Executioner Part 2. There Which was, we have not seen on this podcast, right? Executioner Part 2? Yeah, we have. No, we saw Exterminator 2. Okay, just check. We still gotta watch Exterminator 1 for that matter. Yeah, yeah. But, but Executioner Part 2... Well, there is no part one. They actually made it to cash in on the Exterminator because they released it like a couple years later with a similar poster and a similar font and thinking like someone be like, "I saw that Exterminator movie," or "I saw," uh, "Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah I saw the, I saw that movie, the first one. It was good. Let's go see this one." <laughs> it's not the ex- Executioner Part Two. Is n- is n- it's enjoyable for being lun- sheer lunacy of like this counts as a movie, but it's 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 no like stunning narrative but um so don't go in the woods alone it's interesting because it was very low budget it was shot for a budget of twenty thousand dollars in 1980 all shot on film obviously and they make the most of it they shoot a lot of it exterior outside in the daylight in the woods it's the first film i felt watching it where i'm like oh these people are actually in the woods because it's not like they're walking on trails there's no path so when they camp it's like in amongst the, and it's not the the artificial campsites that we always see in movies and tv where there's like trees and a big clearing underneath that's just perfect there was like you know they're they're setting up like next, yeah, you know, wherever they can, basically. And it was made either before, I think, just before Friday the Thirteenth came out, so it's not really aping the Friday the Thirteenth trope of like a gut, but it's that there's a woodsman killing off people in the woods, and there's like a huge body count. It's super bloody, it's super fun, it's super goofy, and the soundtrack is super intense as well. It's, it's that thing. So, but the thing is, I know I recommend it. I'll recommend it to people, and they'll watch and be like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen." But I'm like, "You don't understand. Like, it's it's so." unique in its approach to doing stuff that it kind of has to be great but uh, I don't know it's one of those things like, I can't really talk about it because you guys haven't seen it but I highly recommend Don't Go in the Woods Alone not Don't okay. Go in the Woods from 2010 it's it's a wacky movie it's only 82 minutes long which
1: okay, is a chef's kiss yes. to
0: that um, Yeah. so that being said should we just go into should we watch 2019 after the fall of New York and then come back and talk about it let's do it alright we'll be back after this
2: since the nuclear holocaust 20 years have passed The leader of the Urak monarchy, the powerful Euro-Afro-Asian unity who pressed the fatal button, claims to have won the conflict. But planet Earth has been reduced to a garbage-strewn radioactive desert, inhabited by humans devoid of all hope for a future.
1: That thing back there was a cyborg, half man, half robot.
2: time to jaw with anyone who won't identify himself
0: pasty corn and that was 2019 after the fall of New York hey hey was it ever oh man guys I it was a treat to watch this movie it was like kind of like 1990 the Bronx Warriors but not as good Kind of like Escape from New York, but not as good. But you know what? It it worked. It was entertaining. It was fun. It was 90 minutes in, out, boom.
1: And it was highly influential on a little movie on called Children of Men. Men. Alfonso
0: Chiron was a young man he has taking a lot notes. To answer yes. for. We should, like, I should, if I meet him, I'm going to be like, so, what would you do if I said 2019 after the fall of New York? And then his face would go white in fear and run away. Oh, he'd probably have you, like, murdered. He'd be like, ha, that. ha, ha, funny. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> get him now he knows i don't think i'm the only one though i think so basically it would be a little rich yeah. if the makers of
1: 2019 after the fall of new york sued Alfonso coron for uh
0: oh yeah
2: it <laughs> <for> because <being derivative. laughs> it's
0: the plot other than them going to a different planet it's the same plot like exactly
2: of children of men yeah you haven't seen that movie yet no but i assume it is it's not quite the same plot but uh mm-hmm. obviously yeah there's a war
0: over uh one woman who can who is fertile who is fertile
1: mm.
0: um so anyways um where do we want to begin with this fantastic piece of post the nuke dystopian fiction the movie that graham shepard heralds mm-hmm. as less pervy than a lot of italian films <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's settled in the box i'm like because <laughs> right, i because okay so you watch a lot of Italian films, and they are made. I mean, by, there's, there, there there's, is, r- made
1: by perverts. Yeah,
0: there, there there is some light rape going on here. Yeah,
2: well, it's it's pretty heavy. Rape it's implied, right? yeah, well, think, implied. Yeah, well, they implied. I I meant light because there, it it's
0: the, implied and not shown. Uh, which one? The one with the woman from the rat people that gets dragged away when they like cast lots for her, or the? Um, or you mean the fertile woman that she, got, that the she eight man
2: saved? Man. Uh, the the implication there is yeah. that she's going to be be. I guess that she has in the past. It's something they regularly do. Yeah, it's like, it's your turn, Charlie. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, so it's like they take a bet on the number of rats that are going to be gathered, and whoever gets closest. Um...
0: Yay, you get our one <laughs> undisgusting female. You guessed 47. And the correct number was 48. You are closest without going over. <laughs>
2: it's a price right?
0: Um... So, yeah, basically, this film came hot on the heels of the popular dystopian films like Enzo G. Castellari's 1990 The Bronx Warriors, Joe D'Amato's Endgame, and The Granddaddy of the Mall John Carpenter's Escape from New York. We also saw references to, I'd definitely say,
2: Mad Max, uh, yeah. Death Race, uh, The Warriors. Well the Star Wars. Star Wars, both mm. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I gotta point out that One I love...
0: Planet of the Apes. Planet,
2: yeah, with the ape men. Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Alien a little bit. Um, just in the the cyborg reveal and that
0: kind of right. thing. Right. Well, no, actually, that predates... Oh, yeah, it, does, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, was, no, yeah, Yeah, Alien was 1980. I was thinking it's Bishop in 1986. Um, James
1: yeah. Cameron was watching this for the Young Terminator. James Cameron, yeah.
0: And finally, mm-hmm. I think Strange Brew, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure, Stranger um, Things. It
1: came out the same year as this. I have to say, <laughs> I,
0: I love the way the bad guys dress in this movie because they all wear capes. They're like... Where are the bad guys in capes? You always see them wearing military fatigues or trying to wear Armani suits. It's like no, put where, where, lean into it. If you were, ride a, horses, wear capes. Yes, ride a white horse and wear a black cape. Like, like you will, you they, will gain so many followers. Like the cult of personality will explode. When when you see they, they
1: kind of dress like they're on the Death Star.
0: Yeah. When you see those pictures of
2: like like Kim Jong Un will release as mm-hmm. official state propaganda, and it's like him yeah. and his him and his buds. Uh, mm-hmm. Riding some new stallions through the woods in the winter, yeah. and it's like, yeah,
0: that rocks. Throw on a black cape. <laughs> throw on a black. Throw on a cape. Why not? That looks pretty badass. You man. are the despot of a country. <laughs> throw on a cape. I don't get it. Um, so when this film was originally uh, initially released in North American theaters um, in 1984, it was widely mistaken as a sequel to 1990, The Bronx Warriors, because it's called 2019. After it the fall, it of new might York. as
2: well be like if you like 40 told me years it was later, the yeah. sequel And then had trash as
0: the guy instead of percival yeah i miss trash see here's the here's something his name isn't percival first of all it's Percival it's or something but you remember trash from 1990 the bronx warriors oh yeah totally yeah like that is a memorable good movie well
2: only because like when we watched uh, we watched mm-hmm. the second one and we had to watch it with subtitles because too many people were talking and then yeah. it had that great caption uh trash crying in like <laughs> brackets trash cries <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> story of my life um so, the backdrop of a dystopian New York City was created. Uh, so, a little note on the film. The actual, there's some great model work in the film. A little They shot it a little too close up, though, I think, for certain shots. Oh,
1: very close.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very close. You could see, like, the seams and, like, the... Yeah. Meat. Like, the
1: model buildings. Looks like a model railroad. <laughs> the, well,
0: the interesting thing is that the, the for the dystopian skyline of New York City, they created that by taking old shipping crates, stacking them like buildings, uh, beating them with a hammer and then painting them gray and then lighting them on fire for a short period of time to achieve that look.
2: Yeah, it looked like they'd done that. I
0: I like the look of it because it looked like a devastated nothing-can-live-here city. Like I do do like the production design a lot in this film. It's gritty. It's... It's it's yeah, it looks a little small, but, you know, it's it's fine. I, I, li- I like the design. I think it was it was good. And
2: then they had they opened mm-hmm. it up with the uh, the old uh, magic magic negro on the trumpet kind
0: of. The, yeah, the musician who, uh, he has two guy. scenes. So, like, we're, we're looking over out over the dystopian New York and then you see a trumpet emerge from the right side of the screen. and You hear this this trumpeter. Uh, this lone trumpet playing, and it is a black man who is who is a uh, suffering from radiation poisoning because you see he's got the pustules on his he's forehead. Got
2: pustules, the classic he,
0: Omega Man. Uh, yeah, pustules but he's still uh, still playing his his trumpet dutifully by the just outside on the outside the city limits of New York City. And he shows up one more time when I don't want to say our, here, arrived, when when yeah. Perceval and Ratchet and the guy with the claw for a hand, the Claw Man. Yeah, who I called Doctor Claw though he's not a physician. Um, when he showed up when they showed up he's just like oh it's the Bronx Hunters was
1: the real Dr. Claw physician
0: I would assume he was either a physician or a doctor of engineering <laughs> I like he thing. could have be a doctorate of English yeah that's true yeah, yeah. he's got his PhD in. Oh, get you next time Mad <laughs> Cat sorry Gadget
2: next time Mad Cat oh huh. PhD in cultural conversations or something. PhD in gender gender studies. Gender studies. Anthropology, (laughs) yeah.
1: Underwater basket weaving.
0: Yeah, so the film was partially shot in Rome. uh, But however, as we saw, there was, I think that one scene, there was a a train yard sequence where they showed old subway chains and old buses. I think that was actually shot in New York City. definitely a scene in
2: Monument Valley. Yeah, they shot. Because that's that's iconic.
0: Yeah, they shot in Monument Valley and they apparently shot also a few scenes in Arizona. However, I'm not sure what because the... um, the scene, so when... I have no idea where Monument Valley is, except Utah. that it's
2: somewhere in the United States. It's in Utah. In the West.
0: Yeah. Okay. Utah. Um, but um, I think, so we're introduced to Parseval our main character, as he's engaged in this, like, death match where like you start off in cars but apparently yep. you can get out of a car and punch a guy in the face yeah he's wearing a helmet for the most of the mm-hmm. race so we don't know that he's the good guy it's only until he yeah.
2: takes off his helmet and you're like oh he's a handsome man he's and he our he, hero then he beats up the other two guys he's no. who are just them. like schlubby yeah. uh, mid-50s yeah. guys <laughs> I was gonna say, guys like us like
0: oh crap we're screwed I was like um, oh, man
2: I hope one of those guys turns out to be the hero because yeah. that be a surprise oh, totally yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> just the guy everyone's running he's like you guys go ahead I'll catch up <laughs> just gonna take a I gotta stitch my side I <laughs> I'm fine. I'm just going to sit here and drink a can of Coke. It's All right. It's all right. Um, but um uh but anyways, so this death match, it looks like a so there's this filmmaker Chiro H Santiago from um, from uh from Portugal. Uh, no, not from from the Philippines and he directed a ton of Mad Max knockoffs in the late 80s. Uh, a lot of
2: exploitation stuff was like
0: that kind of thing. well, I mean, well it, that's where Mad Max came from was was Australia but no actually it was more oh, I know that. there wasn't much Mad Max knockoffs from Australia it mostly came from the Philippines and that's oh. where i thought like maybe they shot but maybe they shot that scene in Arizona because it looked like it took place in a quarry uh, it was a hell of an opening sequence, though. I really do, do think it was exciting. It got you into the movie. Like the the Carsons were great. The Carsons in this movie were great. All we had, we had a good uh,
2: we had a good match cut mm. there too. Uh,
0: right. Yeah. Where it was like um, oh mm-hmm.
2: oh because we start off where it's the the Urak, which is apparently the some sort of uh,
0: European, Asian. No, I think it's African, European, African, African and Asian. Central Asian. Asia and corporate. C- 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 something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was, Iraq, was. Yeah,
2: it was definitely European and African, and then there was a third place yeah. that I forgot to. Uh, a- write a- down. A- and
0: a- European. There was so African.
2: much
1: exposition at the beginning of the movie, and I forget mm-hmm. all of it.
0: Well, it was basically. Well, the exposition is so the year twenty 20- stands for. Canada, yeah, Canada's <laughs> in there. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, no, so the um, the film starts off uh, to set up the film. It takes place in 2019. It's after the fall of New York, but really, it's after the fall of everything because and the, the muties are on the run. Mm-hmm. In 1999, there was a nuclear muties. Yeah, well, the the, the a kind of derogatory term. <laughs> the urax dr- launched a nuclear attack on North America, which resulted in everyone becoming sterile and. and those that live in a city are like becoming mutated and disgusting. And like Kit said, we opened up with the mutants running for their lives as URAC forces were enclosing. They're yeah, basically
2: apparently they show up and they're like, uh, the mutants didn't voluntarily show up to be to have special experiments done upon. So them. So we're just going
0: to kill them all with flames. So now cars. we're going to
2: chase them down for fun yeah. for sport
0: mm-hmm. and uh, kill them. Well, it was a great match cut because it match cut from. So this woman was being uh, this mutant woman was being tracked down by the URAC extermination squad, and it's a guy with a flamethrower and he like bears down on her and just as he hits the flamethrower the hit, look in his eyes like i'm gonna yeah. burn you alive so the the flamethrower kicks on just as a match cuts to an exhaust pipe and that's how we're introduced to our hero it was it was solid filmmaking yeah and these dudes
1: are really willy-nilly with those flamethrowers they're just they're
0: burning whatever they look at yeah. yeah
1: and somehow they haven't burned their hands off
2: i love it they'll yeah. they'll stroll into a clearly empty room and they're mm-hmm. like ah let's <laughs> a few blasts of the flamethrower like <sighs> nobody's in there man but it's just fun. They're like cool, blasting yeah. under like um, mm-hmm. cars and then like little little pots where no
0: human can yeah. actually fit in. Mm-hmm. So after that, when we're at the duel of the car duel of death, our hero Parseval wins, kills two guys, and wrecks two cars. Then he's given a bunch of coins that are like licenses to kill, which means that you can kill someone and take all their stuff. He's also yeah. given a woman as well. Yeah, yeah he gets a woman. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, this movie is and a three wheeler. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sweet pretty sweet dune buggy, a little trike there. Um, this movie is a lot less pervy than other Asian, uh, Asian other Italian movies because he doesn't take advantage of the woman and the woman's even like you can do whatever you want and he's like ah no. Why don't you take this horse and go right away? Here, I'm going to kill these two men cuz they were suffering. Yeah, cuz they drank they drank, uh, they drank poison water, water they... and they were like had uh, green goo leaking out of their mouths which you said was a mixture. like a radioactive green yeah we assumed mustard
2: and relish but you were like no that's actually um... it's like
0: bromo seltzer and something else in green food coloring okay because I know they use it in tromo movies all the time uh. yeah the green goo um where do we go from there guys because at this point he meets the uh what is it the pan american confederacy or something
2: yeah they they try to they try to hail him and he's like well what's this about and he's like well we can't talk about that now and he's like well screw you man yeah. Uh, something like that. He doesn't say mm-hmm. it like that. Like, he uh, kind of
0: says it like that. Well, he's
2: like, I don't have time for that nonsense then. But I don't care. And um, then he he ditches What's Your Face. He's mm-hmm. like, here's a horse. I'm not going to take advantage of you. Can you ride?
0: You. Sure. And then he gave her some like coins like, take their stuff. Go be free. And I have a
2: feeling like he was like, I, I was hoping she was going to offer me a little. Uh... <laughs> um and then they just uh, so then the guys who tried mm-hmm. to hail him and were rebuffed then they just shoot him with some sort of they um, drug him
0: yeah it's like a, a dart gun or something a dart gun or yeah. some sort of laser. oh was it oh that was the the stun laser the stun laser yeah, yeah. they're the non lethal weapon they have so, all sorts of like mm-hmm. uh, weapons that make
2: uh, cool sounds like woo 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 yeah yeah you're doing yeah. a better
0: one than me i it's nah, hard to make gun it's, sounds it's hard yeah gun sounds that aren't guns like <laughs> <or something laughs> <is that?
2: laughs> It's a
0: lot of that kind of noise whenever somebody shoots a gun. Yeah, um, and so basically, he is enlisted to go into the wasteland it is New York City. They even directly quote uh, "Escape, Escape from New, New York." York Breaking in is easy. Getting out, it's getting out that's impossible. But I think that was actually from the the tagline from Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe he didn't even watch the movie. He just, he just saw the
2: poster? He just saw the poster, and he's like, that's a great idea. Well, that's
0: kind of like another film we're going to be watching this year, Star Crash. Um, it is a film where uh, Star Wars was a big hit in North America, but it hadn't been released in Italy yet. So the producers of Star Crash hired Luigi Cosi, this Italian director, like, okay, you got to make us a knockoff of Star Wars. But all he had was the novelization of Star Wars in Italian. <laughs> and but, he, but here's the thing. It's I would say it's actually better than Star Wars because it, it ditches a bunch of stuff. Caroline Monroe is the star. But he just had like nothing going other than the poster and the novelization. So in this, I think he probably like I think this I think Sergio Martino probably had seen uh 1990, The Bronx Wars, because this is a year later. And the writers had probably seen the poster for uh Escape from New York and like, they didn't even say that line in the movie. That line was great. We can say it in our movie. Um, and so he is teamed up with uh, two guys, Doctor Claw and Ratchet. Ratchet is allegedly the strongest man in the Confederacy. Uh, he has an eye patch for some reason. He does have. He
2: has a badass eye patch. He's got kind of mm. a gray. Uh, he looks like a uh, Richard Gere's ugly brother, something like that. He's got like <laughs> some gray hair, some salt and pepper.
1: A bit of David Carradine, maybe. Yeah, yeah. a
2: little bit, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and then the other guy has like some Richard Harris. Uh, villain, uh, like a kind of nondescript terrorist villain in a Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, he's Energy. from Scavonia or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But here he's like the, he knows New York like the back of his hand. Mm hmm. His mind is a map of the streets of New York. But then he doesn't have a funny Bronx accent, which was no. disappointing to me.
0: He's be like, He's super like New a York. cab
1: driver type all.
0: <laughs> I drove a cab for 30 years in this city, and I know every single street like the back of my hand. Um, speaking of which, speaking I, don't of which have one of those.
1: I got a map tattooed on my chest.
0: <laughs> Look at it. Look at my body. Um, no, so so yeah so that's their mission mm-hmm. i mean the plot's not complicated no and then they, they get to new york pretty quick and then they have to go through a bunch of hurdles so they, yeah they drive their motorcycles from alaska first they meet the trumpeter oh City. there's
2: that cool kind of like uh montage where oh, the, the motorcy- trumpet
0: yeah uh, music kind of blends with the this weird is- synth music, yeah. Synth music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good I, I gotta say like i the soundtrack on this is like like a lot of these italian films is quite good i think who i think was it riz Ortolani that did the music for this Probably not. Rizzo Tolano did the film, uh, music for Endgame. I don't think he did the music for 2019 after the fall of New York. Uh, no, the music was by Guido and Maurizio De, de Angelis. So not by resource planning, but it was, it was solid. So yeah, there was the synth rock slash trumpet song that blended their motorcycle ride from Alaska to New York city. And so they meet the trumpet man. And what happens then guys? The trumpet man's like, Oh, you got to watch out for the, uh, uh, the the Harlem, the 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 Harlem 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 Hunters. Hunters. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And
2: yeah, of course, the first thing we're going to do is meet the Harlem Hunters.
0: I don't think they do actually though.
2: Uh, No, they meet the Rakeen, don't they? No, no. no. First they meet the guys in the, in the rail yard. I think those are the Harlem Harlem Hunters. Hunters? Yeah. Yeah. One guy um, who
0: you were sure that you'd seen before. I
2: I know I've seen him before. He's, He's not. like
1: right? one Montel Williams look like. Mm-hmm.
2: But. It wasn't the Montel Williams guy. This guy had like a big mouth. I know I've seen him in things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to bother me until I see him in something else. Then I'll be able to look it's him up. It's the guy
0: from 2019 after the yeah. fall of New York. And everyone will look at you like, what are you saying?
2: He's like a working actor that's been in a lot of stuff yeah. in like the 90s or yeah, something. This is probably yeah. one of his first roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, He does not get credited as... Um, as Harlem, Harlem Hunter. Hunter number five. All the rat eaters, though, got. Uh, you good just credits. have to
1: check on IMDb mm-hmm. at some point. And maybe you'll find.
0: We, we
2: spend more
1: time yeah. with
0: the rat eaters, and a lot mm-hmm. of them get lines. Yeah. Um, he was probably an By extra the way, or something. Guess or? what the rat eaters do? They hunt and eat rats. Yes, yes, they do, and, and they are led by like um, the Rat King is his name. The Rat King, who's kind of like uh, almost like a proto Splinter type guy. There's actually an interview with the actor that portrayed him on the the DVD, and it's kind of hilarious because he, they're just like, "So you played Rat King in uh, in 2019 after the Fall of New York?" And he's like, "Yeah, I did. How was it? It was a, basically so like it was a job, you know. I tried to lend a little." character to him by saying that he's not really a bad guy he's just trying to make the best of a bad situation I'm like ah he was ransoming off uh, that, that woman he's, to be he's pimping out um, yeah His yeah. Uh, not... name I can't recall what was her name uh, in it the was movie, like the movie something? no Giatta. Giatta, yes Giata, yeah. like
1: Giada like, like De Laurentiis exactly
0: ah, I don't know who that is uh, TV cooking show personality uh, okay in North America or in in North, yeah. North America
1: mm-hmm her décolletage gets a lot of attention.
0: Um oh yeah, so Giara was played by Valentine Manier? Manier? Okay Oh she's she's from Paris, France, actually. Yeah. Oh fun. Yeah. Mm, she's French. I, I, I see that. She's in a bunch of Italian films. She was actually in another film with um with the lead actor Michael uh Sopke is his name. He played uh Parseval. Parseval. Uh it's called Devilfish A.K.A. I think monster share? No, just devil Her and and Parzival
2: share a look. I think we as uh, watchers are kind of led to believe that, oh, this might be the fertile woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's not.
0: Spoiler alert. Um, She also acts in Three Men and a a Cradle, which is the original Three Men and a Baby. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, And then
2: uh, the the rat people, the needlers or whatever the hell they're called, because they use needles to kill rats. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like this big hunt too. And then one of them falls over and the rats just like descend upon him. Yeah. None of their none of his friends help him out at all. Nope. They're just like, oh, he's gone. It's over. Um, we're going to eat parts of him later because we're eating these rats. Yeah. Um, circle of life. <laughs> circle of life. Uh, then they're like, oh, look, it's a child. Get, get him! And so they chase down this guy, which would be weird because there haven't been any children, but right? Like born this in is fifteen a, yeah, years, it's a yeah, a world without children, mm-hmm. um, just like Children of Men. But it's not a child; it's a midget, dwarf, midgets. Yeah, I forget which one is the preferred term.
0: I think it's midget, but better would probably be little, little person. It, it used to be, but then it went back to dwarf for a while. Really, dwarf? Yeah, that's a character from Dungeons and Dragons, like.
2: Dwarfism is the is the
0: proper term, yeah. Is
1: the what
2: they're born with, mm-hmm.
0: and wouldn't you want to be like a uh, you know, like a character Dwarf from level a seven. yeah,
2: from like a fantasy epic? Seems kind of badass. Yeah. Dwarfs are always uh, portrayed as hearty warriors, and, and whenever you, anyway, we're, mm-hmm. we're getting off topic. So, anyways, long
0: story short, um, oh, they capture him. They, uh, apparently, dwarfs uh-huh. are evil, uh, so they're going to kill him. Well, well, I love how so so the main character Price, Well, he like emerges. And saves uh, the midget from the rat people by saying, like, it's not his fault he's not a little boy. I love (laughs) that line. (laughs) Oh, fantastic stuff. It's not his fault he's he's not a little boy. So they capture the, uh, who is it? They capture um, Parzival, Ratchet, and the uh, Dr. Claw. They capture them very briefly. Mm. And then oh, they they
2: actually do handcuff them for a bit yeah. and then that's when we see um well, ratchet breaks the 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 chain the, counting and, escapes. the rates and stuff and then ratchet yeah. escapes and mm-hmm. like they're always escaping pretty mm-hmm. easily
0: and then that's when the uh the rak um soldiers burst in and like start killing off all the rat people and that's when they capture uh what we call it they capture Parseval Dr. claw and is her name Gianna no Giada. Um, and that's where they capture them and bring them into their base inside New York City. That's where we meet the woman who we don't know. Although I think that's the person played by the former Miss Italy.
2: Uh, yeah, you were saying that you thought mm-hmm. it was her.
0: So, you must so have some... yeah, I got, I got a little bit of background on it. Uh, let me look. Is her name is, oh, it's Anna Kanakis. Very Italian. She's a former Miss Italy. She be- became Miss Italy in 1977 at the age of 15. And she only appeared in seven films, most notably the film we're watching tonight and Enzo G. Castellari's The New Barbarians, which we talked about earlier, which is also set in 2019, which also came out this year. There were a lot of post-apoc or dystopian stuff that came out in 82 to 84. Um, So, yeah, that's all I got on her. Um, So, where are we now? So, we're in that. So, she's basically like there's a bald guy who's kind of like the leader of the bad guys. And he tortured wants to torture uh, the Parseval, but um, the female, the female leader comes and kind of like tries to seduce the, the information out of him
2: in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: like, do you know me now? She kisses him and she and she's like, do you know who I am now? And he's like, no, but keep going. Um, and basically, he relates to her that there is a fertile child within New York City, and they have to find out where where she is basically um uh, she sets them free mm-hmm. well she she unlocks him and he can kind of yeah. like just go and, and look at stuff so he's um so basically uh dr claw is being interviewed by the bald man who makes the mistake of interviewed like interviewed
1: or interrogated interrogated
0: and then the bald the doctor is like all right Enhanced all right interview. i'll tell you i'll tell you and he uses his his hand claw to destroy here's where a great use of gore Sorry, what were you gonna say? That eye trauma. Yeah, we got that Italian eye
2: trauma. Yes, it's our favorite here. It Checks a box here Mm. for us here at uh, Death by Video. We
0: love Um, to see the eye trauma. mm -hmm. So he, yeah, he he takes out both of Bald Guy's eyes, and then he has to Bald Guy has to get an eye transplant and then um, which takes most of the movie yeah it only is at the end when he it's finally like oh thank god that's over finally I can see again and then he gets killed immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> fantastic he's like I just kept you alive so I, you could watch yourself die <laughs> pretty great um,
2: so then where are we from there guys um so then uh, our heroes make an escape with um Jata who who the I think the um the Uraks suspect
0: might be They think she's the, fertile, the woman. fertile woman but she's just not like, Fertile woman
1: Get away from me <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Fertile woman
0: Okay, okay. Um, um yeah um, but but she's not
2: she's not um, so they escape. I think mm-hmm. our, uh, our
0: our our girlfriend, Parsival, um Doctor Claw, and then Doctor Claw, Giata, and Parcival make a run for it. Doctor Claw decides to hold off the guy, the um, the people who are chasing them down, and he gets he, he, dips- he dies a hero sacrifice. A hero's and it's at this point we run back into um, dwarf.
2: the dwarf, yeah, yeah he's like, I let's forgot, get out I of here I forgot his name, but yeah. he, uh, he's like,
0: hey, you did me a solid, I'm doing you a solid, yeah. so he brings them to the dwarf village, but they they run into um, Ratchet again, and he bring, they all go back to the dwarf village And which is. Which
1: is feasting mm. on rats and whatever. It's like another
2: hole in the ground with a little Mm -hmm. fire and apparently a bunch of wax around the fire. And
1: and, uh, another important point it's this uh, dwarf village is right underneath the The United Nations,
0: yeah, yeah, the old United Nations. That's how you shoot a movie, set a movie in New York without actually shooting it there. You just say, hey, we're right below (laughs) the United Nations.
2: Where are you? We're at Times Square. We're right underneath the Apollo Theater right now.
1: Right underneath the World Trade Center,
0: <laughs> which is still kind of standing, in the in sorry in the film, not in not in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. We see the wreckage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so from there, where are we? We are at the point oh, where. Oh, so
2: so the uh, the dwarf village gets raided by a sonic sort of attack. Yeah, like a sonic attack. Like and allowed. this is where we clue in
0: to the fact that Ratchet is might not be. all oh, well, he appears. Yeah, because he takes a second because everyone else like covers their ears like, oh god. What's going on? And then he looks around and sees everyone else And then he does it. And you realize I think he might be a cyborg. Um, everybody's been
2: put, put, they're putting
0: <clears throat> that wax in their ears to save so. them.
2: And if there's anything that we hear Everybody's hate,
0: bleeding out their ears. It's frickin' sides. You can't trust a cyborg in this world. <laughs> you a side, man. Almost as bad as Nemesis. Um, I love that movie Nemesis. Shout out to Albert Pune. Albert Pune. Well, I'm also thinking he's...
2: cyborg, of course.
0: Yeah, with the Van Damme. Another Albert Pune classic. I think or Fembot.
2: Cyborg might owe a debt a little bit to 2019. I don't know. I uh, Albert could tell us, but he's
1: probably uh, be I could like. I see Albert watching this movie. Oh, for sure.
0: You got to find inspiration where, where mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Of course. It's I'm Fumbot. pretty sure we'll ask him like. So did you like copy 2019: The Fall of New York for Cyborg, and he'd be like, "29 what?" <laughs> um, that movie's great. Yeah, but I was ripping off Aliens. Oh. So
2: they, um, so that they get attacked by the Urax. Mm-hmm. Um, this the sonic
0: weapon kills yeah. everybody. Kills all the uh, kills all the midgets. But they, our so heroes Ratchet, put wax in their ears. Parsable, and our, our midget friend all escape, and that's when the midget reveals. I know where the Fertile Woman is. Yes. And then it, we, we, we go to, so they, they go to where they think uh, the Fertile Woman is, and you and see... This is one of my, my favorite bits, because uh, mm-hmm. what, what they come
2: across is a woman, alone in an abandoned building, humming herself a mournful a lullaby, lullaby yeah. while gently rocking mm-hmm. a cradle, and yep. Ratchet at this point says, Wait, something seems strange.
0: Yeah, they're, all, they're, they're also they're also in a
1: theater. It's like
2: five minutes into the scene at this point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think something does seem strange. They're also
0: they're also in the middle of like a, a dis- destroyed theater with like a bunch of uh, paintings on the wall of like David Pope it's like an old oh, thing. Like Bowie Bowie like, yeah. 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 Yeah, it does. But I think the it's supposed to
2: have a carnival feel to it, I think.
0: Yeah, because they're then attacked by circus folk, which have started to Trapeze artists and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And who have somehow devolved are to apes. devolve into apes. Yeah. So we get in a in little fact, plan to The Z leader apes, so. of them played by George Eastman, Eastman And actually let's let's talk a little bit about George, yeah, George Eastman. George Eastman playing Big Ape. A, a Big Ape or Ape Man, I think is his name. Uh, no Big Ape. Oh, Big Ape. Okay, so uh, George Eastman is probably the most well, best known actor in this film. Uh, this is surprisingly Eastman's first appearance on Death by Video, considering how prolific he was in the seventies and eighties. He was born Lucio Montefiore. <laughs> well, he changed his name a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, but oh,
1: t- Duke Mitchell. But he took
0: he took the name George Eastman in tribute to the founder of Kodak film, George Eastman. Okay, um, I thought
2: it was more of an Eastwood thing, but
0: okay. now uh, he is well known for appearing in. Uh, he appeared in. Uh, Federico Ferlini's Satyricon, uh, The Call of the Wild, which co-starred Charlton Heston, 1990, The Bronx Warriors, The New Barbarians, which is that film that we keep talking about that's also set in 2019. He was in Rabbit Dogs, AKA Kidnapped, which is Mario Bava's final film in 1974. His biggest budgeted film was actually Paramount's adaptation of the story of King David in 1985, in which he played Goliath in David's flashbacks.
1: I could see that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he was as prolific a writer as he was an actor. Uh, some of the notable films he wrote were Kioma, which is a spaghetti western starring Franco Nero, the dystopian film 2020 Texas Gladiators. Ooh. Maybe we'll end the year with 2020 Texas Gladiators. I don't know. Um, and several incredibly nasty films that were directed by notorious Italian scumbag Joe D'Amato. So these films were Antropopagus, which he also starred in. Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. Oh, nice. Which we will not be watching. <laughs> no. How can we not watch that? <laughs> Absur- absurd, the sequel to Antropopagus. And finally, Porno Holocaust.
1: That's one we need to watch. That Porno we're in...
0: Holocaust sounds amazing. <laughs> or not. That's like
1: a chaser with a like, cannibal holocaust. Uh, <laughs>
0: yuck. So Eastman had some reservations about working with uh, Sergio Martino uh, because it was Sergio Martino's first science fiction film. And in Eastman's eyes, you needed to be someone who was very stern in order to make the film. And he thought that Sergio Martino was much too affable and pleasant. However, he was quite pleased with how the film turned out. And he went on to appear in Martino's next science fiction film, Hands of Steel.
2: You don't got <clears throat> to to It's show you don't got to be an asshole. I
0: you. know, but, but it's, it's Italy in the 70s. And you assume people are just going to be like barking orders and yelling at people and slapping oh. around the script supervisors. But uh, no, he, he was kind of like surprised. <clears throat> um In the long run, Eastman thought that the the Italian film industry never made science fiction films uh, their own because like they had done with Westerns, horror and crime films. Um, And he said that sadly, most of the Italian science fiction films are just copies of American films. But with that being said, he does think that 2019 After the Fall of New York is one of the better uh, Italian sci-fi films of the time. It's 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 much more sci-fi than uh, 1990 The Bronx Wars, which is just dystopian. Like this actually has mutants and stuff like that and spaceships. Exactly. And, yeah, they're
2: going to Alpha yeah. Centauri to. Um...
0: Although I kind of want to ask, has George Eastman ever seen Star Crash? Because that movie is great. Um, That's like a Tony the Tiger great. That, that was <laughs> yeah. a Tony the Tiger. It, it deserves that. Maybe we'll watch that next. Uh, I want to get... the Tiger. <laughs> no, Star Crash. Um, so so back to the film so George Eastman gets involved and he's like wait he's the head of the the super swarthy circus performer group the circus apes yeah yeah and he he becomes obsessed with the idea of a fertile woman because he wants to have his immortality through his seed as he calls it he says it's very powerful yes how how how, mm -hmm. and hit a target from 20 (laughs) paces um ew yeah This so,
1: soul scene maybe so
0: <laughs> yeah so then basically they decide okay we'll we'll follow the dwarf uh, or the midget and he leads them to this this area which ratchet needs to like push over a metal door or something they go inside and it's this place with a professor and the pro- mm-hmm. turns out the professor knew what was happening in 2019 or sorry in 1999 when the bomb started to drop and he put his granddaughter into his daughter i think is what it he was said granddaughter. because he's an old matter now He's it was an old it, man now, but
2: mm-hmm. when he was, when at
0: the bombs he, he dropped, said the 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 midget said granddaughter. I thought he said okay. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Anyways, moot point. But his he granddaughter. Like,
2: my, my granddaughter would be a perfect vessel into for some future man scene. hibernation
0: to to save her body from the ravages of radiation poisoning. However, what a creepy
1: way to think about your granddaughter? I <laughs> guess yes, yes,
0: I guess he's you know. well. I mean, it's it's desperate times call for desperate. Have ever either of you guys ever read World War Z? No. So that book points out there's a there's a chapter about a person who realized the only way to survive the zombie apocalypse was to temporarily put your humanity on hold and just try and work out how to survive best. Someone isn't pulling their weight or isn't valuable to your community, you need to get rid of them immediately. And I don't mean get rid of them, I mean kill them and and like leave them so that they don't come back. Um, And I think this scientist saw the things the same way, like our species in order to survive must create a gross, disgusting sacrifice. Um, which is what happened. So we. Uh, we. And she's in a mm-hmm. suspended state. Yeah. Uh, the professor's dead. Yeah. So they come in and they see the professor sitting in a chair, and I guess the midget hasn't seen him in a while, and he basically has died sitting in an easy chair. Although there is this weird suspicious close up that makes you think maybe he's not when like everyone leaves and then it zooms into his face, and you're like, oh, is he still living, sort of somehow? He is not.
1: No. no and the midget goes <laughs> through the grieving process when he finds that the professor's yeah. dead. Mm hmm
0: so it's at this point that they realize the they like see the hibernation chamber that the um that the the girl is in and it looks very much like sleeping beauty because apparently is melissa you're right um and the midget says like it's just like sleeping beauty and he's not far off like she actually looks like she is sleeping beauty in this she's film. wearing
2: like a weird uh sort of see-through plastic but not thing. really it's not yeah. really
0: you can't see anything
2: but you're he, like i can almost i see think something. i see something <laughs>
0: but probably not um yeah and instantly uh, ape Man or Big Ape is smitten with her. Oh, he's, he's And he's love. looking at any chance to... to Little, little hearts are floating around his yeah. head. So, basically, they realize, how are they going to get her out of here? It's like, oh, the professor's out of everything. He has a station wagon. <laughs> That's a wood-paneled station Yeah, which is awesome. A wood-paneled awesome.
1: station wagon with some uh, makeshift
0: armor. So, they had to actually go out and get the armor. This is how they leave... Ape Man alone with Melissa. And yeah, because Big
2: Ape is like, hey, I'll watch the girl. I'll, I'll watch her like, and make
0: sure. And like, no. All right. and, so and then the dwarf the t- thinks twice, and he's like, hold on. Parcel- Giata, can you stay with the ape It's <laughs> the actually Paracel that's like, hey, Giata, you stay with him. Like, another good idea. And, ugh, it and pers- predictably
1: mm. enough, Ape Man violently knocks her He out. knocks her unconscious. He
0: takes no time at all. He's like, all right, we're alone together. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> And she's unconscious, and then he like puts her in another room and goes back in with the unconscious Melissa, which is terrifying. And we we have to assume. Well, they every, all the other characters are like, oh, we know what happened. And, and he like, puts
1: his mouth on her, and then it yeah transitions to solution. black. Yeah. So
0: this is so basically in this junkyard right next to the professor's place, um, Ratchet, Parcival, and the midget all run afoul of some of the um, the 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 Eurek guard. The URAC. URAC so I soldiers. guess we're
2: tipped off by that angry ape guy or something. I don't know. That never never came back. They're all
0: just kind of around. Um, And so... They're always riding on their horses with their capes and their stupid helmets. And so, at this point, um, uh, the midget basically, like, ratchet and Parsible managed to get away with some stuff to, to fix up the car. The midget, though sacrifices himself in order to protect them to not give him like
2: he just stabs himself on some very he short two spikes. prongs
0: and it's just like you'll never take me and then he runs right at them and then it's he's like dead. Ah, i just damaged my kidney this oh, really crap, hurts punctured a lung <laughs> yeah so and then he's dead um and that somehow
2: stops them from pursuing
0: yeah um
2: it's yeah or i guess they just don't know where to go oh they can't they can not interrogate him let's see um so then they get back uh, they're like, hey, uh, the blonde lady, uh, Giata, she wakes up rubbing her head and she's like, wait a minute, what, what happened? happened? And then she walks out and she's like, oh. Big uh, Abe comes out of mm-hmm. the uh, the plastic tent kind of suspiciously
0: like, mm-hmm. hey guys. Uh, hey guys. Uh, nothing happened Is there else hot in here? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, what happens then? Oh, so, the, um, they basically, oh, well,
2: oh, she's like, you know what happened to, to just, Percival
0: and he's like, yeah, I know. What yeah, happened. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just hope his seat is as strong as he says it was. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's just like, well, I think it's actually kind of smarter. The character's not to make it... Because even she doesn't make a thing out of it because she's like, if if I make a thing out about this now, it's just going to cause them to fight. And then we're all going to die anyways. So they actually wind up getting... um, uh, they, they
2: put the mm-hmm. metal they put the metal on the car um, then yeah. they find because we've been hearing from the uh, the bad guys they're mm-hmm. like oh don't worry don't worry we're going to catch them we blocked this tunnel we blocked that tunnel mm-hmm. what about this tunnel we've got our uh, checkpoint there it's yeah. all bases covered and so then they, we find out how they blocked the tunnel and it's one layer of cheap cinder blocks. concrete yeah. yeah cinder blocks
0: stuff that and won't break it. if you drop it and so they're just like I think we can just drive through this <laughs> so they do and for a moment it looks like George Eastman is left behind but then they come back and it's like oh we need all the friends we can get um, yeah because Ratchet's like mm-hmm. finally we got rid of that weirdo and yeah. is like uh, not yet um, he's a rapist mm-hmm. but but we need him and so he's like, going to serve one final purpose which is just to die yeah and basically Parseval even says like I knew he would do anything to protect Melissa because Melissa's carrying his seed. so he actually is on top of the the, can- the, the, the hibernation chamber that's in the back of the, of the station wagon that Melissa's in and so when they get blasted the when they get blasted with like rays uh, he's like protecting it. He's yeah. he's he's using his body as a shield. Exactamundo. Um,
2: what happens then, guys? Uh, they then they they come across the checkpoint, and the guys from the checkpoint are like, "Hey, I think that tunnel was blocked. Well, we'll check them out when they get to the checkpoint. We'll uh, we'll
0: hey, get out of the car." And of course and they our went, heroes. No.
2: <laughs> and then they drive through, they
1: dismantle the checkpoint.
0: Yeah, they just drive right th- and I, we don't mean just like a, just like avoiding them. No, they are straight through cheap metal checkpoints. Yeah, just blast right through it. And
1: it's janky enough that this thing
0: just completely collapses yeah exactly it's uh, great
2: and then they're through the checkpoint they go through the tunnel which now has glowing spikes that yeah. are I guess a deterrent but the mm-hmm. glowing spikes are set up in such a way
0: that our heroes can kind of weave around weave them weave through them if passing. they drive really yeah. carefully and then the second set of spikes pops up out of the ground they're like oh crap they're even bigger mm-hmm. and then he decides to do a cool like I'm gonna I'm gonna like drive up the side of this wall yeah he does it's a... kind of like one of those rounded uh, mm-hmm. sewer yeah like a things. tube yeah a tube uh, tunnel and
2: he does that and they get through mm-hmm um. Then they got.
1: Then they're met with the big Laser blaster.
2: That's right. Is How that do they,
0: they do, stop that again? I think they just
2: drive through it, don't they? Drive into it. They smash it somehow.
0: I can't. Yeah, remember. they do something like that. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank because
1: they have have the cars like ducking mm-hmm. to uh, avoid the laser blast.
2: Yeah. So, to be honest, whenever there's action in this film, like the movie's fine, but whenever there's accent action, it's pretty incoherent. It's it's hard to tell. Like, hey, wait, wait a minute, where did Ratchet come from? Yeah.
0: How
1: did happen? Somehow the station wagon is like completely laser proof.
0: Because they put those metal sheets on it, man. And it's got the wood paneling. Yeah. Yeah. That's the is, one thing. Because in the future, powering, everyone it. just thinks of metal and not wood. And then they're just like, ah, oh, crap. How do we get through? Metal is a conductor for electricity, but wood just does nothing.
1: And then there's like standard glass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no
1: bullets in the future 20 well there's
0: no in he they have blasters but they're not allowed to take it into New York City because that will give them away if they get caught
1: yeah yeah. And then, uh, we Just lasers and flames.
2: We do switch back mm. quickly to Yurok headquarters where uh, Baldy finally wakes up. He's like rubbing his eyes. He's like, no. oh, All right, finally, all right. Let's and go. Then get his, his young, uh, I, is she the queen? Is she, I'm not sure. she's daughter. the
0: female person that she's, like was kind of trying in, to
2: seduce uh, Parcel She's elderly. in charge while he's away, basically. Yeah. She's been given the orders, mm-hmm. and old old men wearing glasses yeah. have been like, Okay, well, we'll do what she all says. Right. Um, and then he's like, Let's go kill them. And she's like, No, and, and kill them. Well, no, actually, what would he's like. Uh, we're, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're going to catch them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "That's fine, but you promised me that oh. you'd have him back before I saw daylight again." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I did." And just blast him. <laughs> just shoot them dead. And then the doctor that healed and she's him
1: like, looks like now looks over. I got all
0: the time in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: uh, gruesomely blasted away.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, we should point out that the the reason why the our heroes didn't bring. Uh, 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 pan-american confederate gun weapons into new york city is because the uraks don't believe that the pan-american confederation exists anymore because they're located up in alaska they're located up in alaska far yes. far away from new york city canada Where they never, is black and snowy apparently they never discuss how canada is doing which I'm, I'm just assuming it's great like it's doing great yeah um same timeline yeah, exactly like we're we're still recording a podcast Um, but, uh... From the safe corners of Canada. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just watch the news, like, man, can't believe, like, the USA just does not exist anymore. (laughs) These are these URACs. And then, where are we? We are, so now oh, they're... Oh, so they get... Yeah, they're, um, they're out driving in the desert. Now the Pan-American yeah. army can reveal themselves to actually attack mm-hmm. the base of the Uraks.
2: Yeah. Our heroes are free. Mm-hmm. Things seem like smooth sailing. And let's, let's not forget that
1: uh, Ape Man... Uh, oh, yeah, Ape Man's pulls out himself. a scimitar and like... Oh, oh that scene oh,
0: was... damn, cr- I forgot <laughs> about the that, scimitar. That's how he did it. Oh, that's how they got past the laser. So he has this super awesome sword, the scimitar, as you call it, and he just like whips it out of the windshield, no looks, and it cuts they're the head free- off boomerang style and he, and he chops every
2: single head off bad guys head right off their shoulders and they all drop down and it's like oh okay i guess we did it and then i guess one bad guy's like like and shoots them and then our our uh, <laughs> our hero ape, ape big Man. Ape, ape dies it's like ape something about like a lone
1: wolf and cub was mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome
2: um yeah so he's dead and that's when oh so we're we're riding away mm-hmm. it looks like they they're, they've they got clear and then parsifal
0: stops and he's like but wait mm-hmm and he turns to Ratchet, and Ratchet's like, "What?" And he's like, "You almost had us, but do you know what gave you away? When they hit us with that sonic gun, yes. and you didn't cover your ears right away." And we all patted Graham a on the God back. Goddamn cyborg! When well, we don't understand why this is an issue, because yeah, it hasn't really been <laughs> yeah. made
2: clear why this has to be. I guess he's just he's a he's a cybist. He's a he doesn't
0: trust cyborg. Well, he even says He's like, "I don't trust cyborgs. Like they they always try to kill me." it's true yeah. yeah and so then there's a fight and in the fight um ratchet kills uh giata yeah. yeah it's unfortunate because we're just i think we, we were all kind of like i th- i feel crap. like ratchet was helping you you could have just gone with but, it for a little while longer. but also it's just like we feel bad that Giada died because it's like come on she was the one person that actually gained something out of this everyone yeah. else like was kind of selfish when she was just like i just want to not be a rat person anymore like i'm, I'm sitting being <laughs> tossed around for from rat, for, crony to for rat, rat crony. meat like that's what i get paid in is rat meat um, um Yeah, she gets Mm -hmm. stabbed,
2: um, and then our hero, he's able to take out basically... Ratchet by hitting him with a rock.
0: With a rock. Yeah, and we see Ratchet's cybernetic eye that was hidden by the eye patch.
1: Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's really shitty wiring because you you, you know, like yeah. the, the rock just you know exposes all mm-hmm. the wonky wiring and you see the eye exposed eye patch and like his uh, cyber eyes like, bulging out.
2: Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get a little nice little death mm-hmm. scene. He rushes back to Giata's side and she's got. She uh, talks
0: about. She talks about love. She's she here here's where and I think he's
2: like, oh man, if only we we were in a world mm-hmm. where I could love you. Well, here's the thing. They did I, have a sex scene earlier, by the way.
0: It, sort of. Oh, they, they started kissing. Where she and she was like, I want you to love me like it's the last day on Earth. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure. But it got broken up, though, because uh, Ape Man Ape came man in swinging up. his knife. Being like, I think she is the fertile woman. <laughs> no, no, they woke up. He was asleep. And that's how they ah. wake up. So it was post-coitus. Post-coitus, okay. Um, so uh, what happens next is um, basically he goes... Uh, oh, well, here's so the thing. He's, her, he's no, she convinced. About, no, no, wait, 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 we're not done. Because... Uh, Giata says, yeah, "By saying, saying love is life and life is love, and that's why we have to keep going, because that's the greatest thing humanity can provide for itself is love." Again, uh, uh, maybe Cormac McCarthy was also
2: watching this yeah. uh, before writing *The Road*, because it's very similar yeah. to uh, you got to keep the light going. Yeah, have got to keep it going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's very rambly before she finally croaks. Uh,
2: well, that DMT starts releasing in your brain. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Joe Rogan. Haven't <laughs> you
0: listened to the? I can't even remember the name of this podcast. Joe, the Joe Rogan Experience, or some something lame like that. Like, um, but anyways, um, I think that was Sergio Martino. We, don't, we, like we putting honestly a little... on this
2: podcast we don't talk about our third eye enough. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, like, you squeezing your third eye? Yeah. Is
1: that what Bill? What Bill Hicks always talked about?
2: Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, I don't like Bill Hicks either. <laughs> Prying open my third mm-hmm. eye, buddy. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> we go back, and it turns out that the president of the Pan it goes back American, to Alaska, which is yeah. it looks like it's on the moon. Very yeah, <laughs> moon base Alaska, and so they're about to take off to Alpha Centauri. Oh, we forgot to include that. So the whole point of why uh, Parsifal agrees to go is that basically the Pan America American Confederacy. This is, it has a rocket that they're going to launch to the Alpha Centauri star system and land on a livable planet so that the human race can survive. And they need this fertile woman who at her age contains 500 eggs. Yes. Um, as it said, it's like we can fertilize them all. Um, <laughs> and so that's how they're going to start humanity again on this different planet. And so he goes back and it turns out that the president was like, there never was a spot for you on that rocket until now. I've got three months to live. I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. And he looks like he's, he's got yeah. the eye makeup and stuff. Mm. He looks like he's dying of cancer. And he ta- talks real raspy. Um, and then basically they take off for another planet. And the final shot is of the fertile woman opening Melissa up her eyes. opening her
2: eyes and looking rather like, I don't know, nonplussed. Cause like, the first thing like, she se- <laughs> sees is Parsable, And she's kind of like,
0: <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, this is this is what life is now. Mm.
1: Yeah, I feel like Grimes and Elon Musk might be might have watched uh, this movie as well, and this might be their end. Don't
0: game. you dare criticize those two crazy kids! I'm so glad. <laughs> I am so glad they made it work. <laughs> okay, if that's what you want to call it. He put a um, car in space. How many cars in space have you sent up there, Phil? So that was 2019 after the fall of New York. Yeah. So, before we get into our final thoughts on it, I'm going to talk a little bit about our lead actor Michael Michael Sopki. Is in anything else Sopke Yes. A- it's S spelled S O P K I W because I had to like I'm like you I had no idea how, how it worked. Um so anyways, Michael uh Sopke, he uh, uh before acting he was actually a merchant sailor who was laying submarine detection cables in the North Sea in England. He then went on to sell yachts in Florida. During his time in Florida, he was arrested by the DEA for shipping marijuana and served a year in prison. After being released, he studied acting and went into modeling in Europe before being cast in 2019 after the fall of New York. He's got a model look to him. He looks like he's he's constantly doing the blue steel kind of look. He looks like he can stand still and look good. Um, This was actually his first entry into the Italian film industry. Um, After this, Lumberto Bava, the director of Demons and Demons 2, cast him in two films that were filmed in the United States. They were the frickin' awesome Blast Fighter and the Even and the Great Monster Shark. His final film is the super fun Massacre in Dinosaur Valley, which is one of my favorite Italian films but is not in print right now, which is written and directed by uh, Michel Massimo Tarantini. Um, when, his Michele acting w- Massimo Tarantini. Tarantini. when his acting work dried up, he studied medical plant science and founded the company Miron Violegal... I don't know how to pronounce that word. Basically, it's a company that imports and distributes special glass containers that protect the contents inside from the sun. Um, Sapke was not the biggest fan of the films he appeared in. He is quoted as saying, I think everyone should do his best work or not bother working. We call, this, uh, the, we call this genre of rip-offs exploitation films. Not sexually, of course, in this case, but exploiting concepts or ideas that have already been shown to attract interest and therefore money. Generally speaking... True.
2: I mean, that's, that's most I, I'm not I'm
0: not done his quote yet. Generally speaking, I don't find this a very attractive or noble motivation. If this is the best work these people can do, then I thank them for their efforts, thank them for allowing me to be a part of it, and hope they are not just in it for the money. I also hope for them that they can do better in the future. This uh, He really needs to talk to Todd yeah. Phillips about yoker. Yeah. So, <laughs> in other words, Sopke is an un- ungrateful prick, basically. And that's <laughs> all I have to wow. say about that. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, he he was in Blast Fighter, which is awesome. He's in the Massacre in Dinosaur Valley, which is so awesome. In fact, when the original Queen video on Queen Street closed down, um i went down there and the one movie i had my only goal was like i have to get a copy of the massacre in dinosaur valley and i went and it was still there and i grabbed the case and i was like yes and then i went up to the i like stood in line for an hour to get up to the counter and i was like massacre in dinosaur valley and they went and saw like oh it's actually not here aka someone that works there was like oh shit this movie's here i'm gonna take it um but yeah massacre in dinosaur valley is so fun those fuckers.
2: that did you get some free stuff out of that free no i had to pay for everything that's what that's, no, I got. But i'm like if they're gonna do that you're like i waited in line for an hour with this thing nah
1: no i was like mm. at, at that point it's all vultures you know picking yeah. their bones that's true. off the yeah, carcass which i was the there flesh for. off the carcass
0: yeah um so guys you have the jackpot yeah uh final thoughts on 2019 after the fall of new york phil go good times uh yeah
1: yeah uh it was also surprising surprisingly it was more violent than I was expecting it to mm-hmm. be but some good but gore it was, it was good gore man yeah uh, um pacing was wonky at parts yeah. cause it the first act's like real strong like mm-hmm. breakneck pace but you know what I had a good time in spite of being uh real icked out in the last about third.
0: the whole insemination stuff yeah yeah they, <laughs> no 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 any other final thoughts Bill that's pretty much it and Kit, what Wait. are your what are your final thoughts on twenty nineteen after the fall of New York? Uh, yeah, a Star Trek
2: insemination was the joke that I was gonna. I don't even know if this because we had Star Trek insemination because well, you were saying insemination and I was just thinking Star Trek insurrection. Anyway,
0: <laughs> oh, it's like not. It
2: wasn't a great joke. And after this <laughs> weird pause, this technical pause that we uh, just took, it probably doesn't even make sense. But mm-hmm. I threw it out anyway. Uh it's fine. I feel
0: like I've seen this movie a, a thousand times even though I've never seen it. It, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest out of the 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 dystopian films that were produced in Italy at this time, it's not my favorite. I I think both 1990 the Bronx Warriors and Escape from the Bronx are above it for sure. Yeah, I, I found those movies to be more fun. Yeah. More memorable, more fun. Um but it's not as bad as like The New Barbarians or um or 2020 Texas Gladiators, or Warriors of the Wasteland, or the Searchers of Voodoo Mountain. Um, this is the this is I the think, bar we're at. I think, <laughs> I think I think it's like it's a solid like uh, in terms of these films. I don't think it's it's not the worst, but it's not the best. Like it had it, it was fun though. I really enjoyed watching it again. I hadn't seen I saw it once before, and I forgot most of it. Um, I enjoyed seeing it again some cool stock mm-hmm.
2: characters ratchet and stuff ratchet I mean, was yeah. good
0: even the even even Michael Sopke, even though like was he was, he a was big, kind of like
2: basically bland yeah like, he, didn't he, was really a,
0: he was a big old wet blanket didn't but, like, add anything there was never mm-hmm. like when you know when they're exchanging looks like I tell mm-hmm. nothing from him it's like oh, that's the only thing I want to point out like when we know that there's gonna be something between uh Gieta and uh and uh parsable when and the actress she does a decent job mm-hmm. like oh, Oh my God, who is this person? Kind of a look. She was trying to act. And uh, meanwhile,
2: he's just mm. like. Looking down, like, at uh, like a grocery store or something, like, just his he eyes was glazed thinking, over. <laughs> Nobody's ever
0: going to think about or see this movie in North America, let alone it's been on DVD now for 20 years. No one's going to talk about it, let alone there's all these articles. It's like, there wondering
2: were, where he's going to go for dinner yeah, after the shoot tonight and there, stuff. There were like, a bunch
0: of articles written about that, this movie this year because it's 2019 after the fall of New York. And now, with 2020, there's a bunch of articles being written about 2020 Texas Gladiators. So... I don't know, I can't wait until we get to 2050 and then we can review uh Death Race 2050. When when was Children of Men said? That's uh, 2030, right?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. When like Total Recall was like 2084.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and we're still going to be doing that Death by Video podcast in 2084, folks. Best <laughs> believe
0: it. Yeah,
1: like we missed the boat on uh Time Cop. That was what 2004, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, damn it. Well, we could always go back. My favorite thing is still Demolition Man, uh, released in 1993. The first part of it's set in 1996. It's like, wow, things are going to go downhill in like three years. Yeah, and then at least forward. But you
1: know what? It's like, what, mm. 2030 when uh, then they're where most of the movies set?
0: Yeah, yeah. We can still catch up. I remember that about, um...
1: let's see if uh, Taco Bell uh, turns the ship around. Mm. Uh, yeah. I heard that they're offering uh, six-figure salaries to Taco Bell store managers. Really?
0: Yeah, it's like they must be trying hard. Oh yeah, I gotta get my Wait, what?
1: There, there was some article about mm-hmm. how like Taco Bell's uh...
0: Taco Bell, Taco Bell is actually trying to transition away yeah. from being fast food into like mm-hmm. decent. Like they want to be By more. They want to be managers
1: like six figures.
0: And then, like and they're they're doing the whole thing with uh, beer. You'll get some more quality yeah. that way. I mean,
2: I I see mm-hmm. this is a, we're getting way into politics, but I was like. Why shouldn't garbage men be making, uh, you know, oh, six I figures got, a year? I got no problem with that. That'd, pre- be, yeah. that'd be a yeah. better society, I think. Yeah. Mm.
0: Everyone I mean, you get, paid nobody more. wants to
2: do that job, but mm. what we're gonna do
0: is we're gonna mm-hmm. get the worst stinky jobs and we're gonna pay you the least amount of money yeah. to do it. Of course. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like uh, I saw this. This it was actually a meme, but it was pretty accurate. Uh, minimum wage has gone up forty percent since ni- uh, two thousand nine, which is great, but rent has gone up hundred and thirty-two percent. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why we're killing all the landlords first.
0: Um. Anyways, back to the film. So, uh, final. Your final final thoughts then, Kit, on twenty nineteen after the fall of New York.
2: It, it, yeah, it was it was okay. I, I didn't yeah. love it. I, I don't think I liked it as much as you guys, but it's fine. It's it was a fun it's movie. Good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was a. It was an easy ninety minutes. I could see yeah. it again pretty easily. Cool. It's a solid three stars. Yeah, so
0: I would say yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, my final thoughts. I I enjoy post-apocalyptic. Sorry, I keep saying that, but that's wrong. It's dystopian Italian film. Well, it
2: depends on how we're defining post-apocalyptic. Because if we're doing it like some mm-hmm. sort of dictionary definition, then I guess the, the apocalypse, apocalypse is means... the
0: end. Nothing, no one survives.
2: Right, but I think in um, I don't know, just the way Pop the term culture. is used. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, post-apocalyptic means, oh... Um, society has crumbled. Mm-hmm. Society has crumbled. Most of the people on the planet are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and life as we know it has changed completely. But there are still tribes. Yeah. We've gone back to tribalism. And that's mm-hmm. most apocalyptic.
0: Kind of, a, but, but in, the, in this film it had governments, it, but they were just not run really well. Like, apocalypse, I guess, is the final war, right? That's the big battle. It's supposed to be the end. Apocalypse is just the end. Like, it's the end of humanity. It's not like... Um, that's why, like post-apocalypse, uh, like when I when I heard that term for first, I'm like, that's got to be wrong because it's not the end; it's just the dystopia.
1: Because yeah, like they've always Mad Max movies have always been referred to as post-apocalypse, but they're not. No, they're hysterical. dystopian. Yeah,
0: they're still gasoline for God's sakes in those movies.
1: Scarce gasoline. I mean, it's still the energy crisis, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, tell that to the flamethrowers from scene one. We never yeah. saw them again, by no. the way. They obviously didn't have a they had no like, more gas. we in the flamethrowers. Flame ah, uh, we ran out of budget for <laughs> them, so we let them go. We need it for the station wagon. Yeah. Nope. Mm. We're
0: gonna use the uh the the computer animated lasers. And those weird guns with bat wings on them. Oh yeah, I forgot. Which about I don't those. know what those got gun- that actually it kinda looked like there was like a double headed axe, but not really. I liked that uh, retro medieval look that the yeah. uh, the Urak knights were going for. Yeah, because they had, like, while fa- we well, we're, were wearing Futuristic capes. medieval is what I, I meant say. I like to say. that. I like that. I want to see more panache in our in our despots. Like I was saying earlier, like, we really need to see more panache. Because, like, come on, guys. Like, you're supposed to be the, you know, the evil leader. You're supposed to be Dr. Doom, not just some guy in a dumpy onesie. But with the movie I was trying to think of, oh, uh, oh,
2: it's frick, stupid 12 monkeys. Yeah. Uh, I think that came out what 95 96. Yeah. Yeah, 95 96. Time. And then I saw it in theaters and part of it is set in 97 and when it says on the mm-hmm. screen blah 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 1997 I'm like, "Oh, that's far in the future." Cuz it seemed far yeah. in the future to me when I was a kid in 1995. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, that's
0: that's why
1: like I'm kind of It's very futuristic. Yeah. I think Predator 2 is set in like 1997 or
0: something. Like right, <laughs> yeah, so, cuz yeah. it's it's like it's the near future. But like I always prefer how RoboCop always listed as being the near future. They didn't put a date on it because mm-hmm. it might just be the near future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, guys. So that was 2019 after the fall of New York. Um. I don't know what we're gonna be watching next week. We might be going into our other co-host series of picking stuff. But we'll. Uh... <laughs> Graham. Graham puts his head to
2: his uh, his hand to his brow. When uh, he says I'm just that. waiting for just
1: it. dreading Clifford. Clifford no
0: Clifford for all three. <laughs> <laughs> <And> just, like, <laughs> we're just gonna troll Graham. <laughs> Uh that's when the podcast ends. <laughs> Alright, so thank you very much for listening for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I have been Kit. And I am still Graham saying please be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Keep watching awesome movies. Good night. <laughs>